welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. Hi there, friends, and welcome again to the Defender Podcast. This is Rick Morton, and I'm coming to you today on November the 16th, 2022, uh, from Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, Today, we're going to have the opportunity to be able to share with you another story from our Birmingham dinner uh, from just uh, about a month ago. Before we get there, I want to make you aware of something that we're in the midst of right now, and that's your opportunity and my opportunity to be able to partner with Lifeline to change one life. Um, The ministry that God does through Lifeline is only possible because of the body of Christ who partners with us through their time, their knowledge, and their resources. Through your partnership, God is changing lives now and for eternity. Learn how you can change one life and more by visiting lifelinechild.org backslash change one life, or you can see the entry in our show notes. We're excited about um, sharing with you today a story of a domestic adoption and and part of the the beauty of this story and and part of the the fun way that uh, we were able to to experience the story being told was by um, bringing uh, a birth mom together with uh, the adoptive parents of the child that she bore and the pregnancy counselor that walked through this with the birth mom all together um, to kind of tell the various pieces and parts of a story. And so uh, we had the opportunity several weeks ago uh, at the Sheraton Hotel downtown here in Birmingham as part of our uh, as part of our, our uh, annual dinner uh, to host uh, this group of folks and for them to share with us um, a little bit about their story. Um, the birth mother, Amanda Shaw, has been on the podcast before. We actually had the opportunity, Herbie and I, to uh, to interview her and another birth mom. And so if she sounds familiar as, uh, as you begin to hear part of her story, it's because you've already met Amanda through the Defender podcast. And she's going to just tell a little more and, and go a little more in depth about her story and just really all that the Lord did um, through her her pregnancy counselor, Lauren Eddy, um, as well as through her relationship with Annie and Hudson Moore, who are the adoptive parents um, of the, the child that, that she bore. And, uh, and so really, uh, we want to get right to this story and give plenty of time to be able to share and uh, just a, a really incredible, um, beautiful picture of the way uh, that the gospel can be brought to bear through domestic adoption and how ultimately the Lord has plans, um, not only for children, in domestic adoption, but for birth parents and adoptive parents and all those who who kind of come around and come alongside um, to help love and help lead uh, in in these circumstances. And so, without further ado, we're going to go uh, to the audio recording from uh, from just a few weeks ago to hear this great domestic adoption story. I got pregnant in high school and I was instantly judged. Um, I was embarrassed and I finished high school. I had my son. Um, I got married, thought that was what I was supposed to do, but the marriage was like so toxic and abusive. So I got divorced and I had like this hole in me. It was just kind of empty. So I went everywhere, searched for, you know, something to fill the void and I got pregnant. 
I didn't know what to do. I had, you know, just bought a new home. I had a great job. I was already a single mother. And I knew that I couldn't raise another um, child by myself. And so I was like laying in bed one night and I was crying and I Googled, like, I'm pregnant. What do I do? And Lifeline was the first thing that popped up. And so I put in my information and Lauren called me. And so we met at Starbucks and, um, it was just like instantly I felt a connection it was like just an old friend that I knew um and we went over all the details of like what a birth plan would be I know that first meeting can be so overwhelming but Amanda was already parenting she knew what that was and she was already a great mom and so the question was not can Amanda parent but more so is that what's best for her family and for her child so we went over um, like all the details, what I wanted in a family. I knew I wanted a two-parent Christian home. I wanted them to be athletic. Clearly. <laughs> I wanted them to at least have one child in the home. I wanted them to have a dog. Yeah, I remember after we'd been meeting for a while, bringing Amanda profile books to the same Starbucks. So that was kind of our meeting spot. And I just remember Amanda being excited. It was like, a, it was like Christmas day and I was bringing her a gift and it didn't matter that I was there. She just instantly started flipping through the books. Yes, she brought me like a stack of books and I would just sit in my car every day on my lunch break and like flip through and most of them, I was just like, mm, they're okay. Mm, they're okay. And then I saw Annie and Hudson, and I was like, they are the perfect family. They had literally everything I was looking for. So we matched with Amanda in January, but I remember December of that year, we'd been in the waiting process to be matched for about a year. And I just, that whole year, I imagined God was going to bring us a baby by Christmas time. It's just what I had in my head. We were going to have a child by that time. And Hudson's two brothers and their wives were each having their third baby right before Christmas. And I thought, God, wouldn't that be neat if you did that right, right then, according to my plans? Um, but it wasn't until I surrendered our plans to the Lord that he met me. And I just remember thinking only God could put a child in our home. Only God could do this. And that Christmas was just really sweet um, when God met me. And I remember we didn't have a baby in our house that year, but we had Jesus in the manger and he was enough. And um, little did we know, right around Christmas, Amanda was already starting to make a plan for her baby. Yeah, as Annie said, we had been in the <clears throat> matching process for about a year. And, and that process can be sort of full of ups and downs. It's this cycle of you get information about an expectant mother, you submit, you know, your information, say, hey, we, we'd like, like a chance. And then after a week or two, you find out you weren't picked. And so you sort of go through that over and over again. And we've been doing that for about a year. And so I remember when we got the information about Amanda, I called Annie and uh, I could tell that she was trying to sort of guard her heart. She didn't want to be disappointed again. So I said, hey, what, what do you think? And, and we, we decided, yeah, let's, let's put our sort of name in the hat and see, see what happens. But we, I think, quickly tried to sort of put it out of our mind because we had been through it and we, we didn't want to be disappointed again. Um, so the, 
when I got a call from Annie about a week later at work, I, I think shock is the right word for both of us because not only have we been picked, but it was going to be a little shorter timeline than our two biological kids. So that was a Wednesday in January. 48 hours later, we were to meet Amanda with a, with a name for a baby. And 72 hours after that, she was scheduled for a C-section. So Wednesday to Monday, we had a baby. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and our first meeting, oh, I was so nervous. I was like, what if they don't like me? What if they don't want my baby? You know, I was just worried that they wouldn't like me. Um, we were equally, if not more, nervous. <laughs> we did not realize she was so nervous at the time. As Hudson said, Amanda wanted to know the name by Friday. And I remember calling Renee, our social worker, and she was like, yeah, she wants to know the name. So thankfully, Henry was the only boy name that Hudson and I agreed on. And when we met Amanda, um, we told her the name, and she was like, oh, good, it's not weird. So that was, that broke the ice a little bit. It's so funny because that first meeting can always be so awkward. You're meeting for the first time for a baby, right? But it's funny because the birth mom is always so nervous, but she's the one picking. And so the adoptive family always feels like they're being interviewed. And so, but I just remember it was so natural between you guys during that first meeting. And I think my favorite part of the meeting is when they had two little girls already in their home and Amanda looks at Hudson and she was like, she had just described all these beautiful reasons why she had chosen them. And then she goes, and Hudson, I mean, really, I just figured you needed a boy, right? And Hudson goes, you have no idea. I think a couple of days later, obviously, we were at the hospital. You're having a baby. Tell me more about that. Um, like every step of the process was up to me. You know, they asked like, do you want um, them to receive the baby as soon as you give birth or do you want to take the baby? And so I decided that I wanted them to have him as soon as I gave birth just because like I knew that if I saw him, I might not want to let him go. But I knew that it was God's plan for this beautiful family to have him. So as Amanda said, she had planned for us to receive Henry and, you know, take care of him right away. And those first four or five days, he was in the NICU, and that was just a really sweet and special time to love on him and care for him and just bond with him and get to know him more. Um, Amanda's initial plan was to not meet Henry. As she said, she just thought it was going to be too challenging emotionally, but then When he was a day old, she decided she did want to meet him, which of course made me very nervous. And um, I was just trying to respect Amanda's time, so I offered for her to be alone with him, but she was very gracious and let me stay. And that was just a really sweet couple hours of us visiting. And I remember her telling me about, or she showed me some of her baby pictures and we compared them to Henry and his little features. And then she told me about some family traditions like eating Korean food on Thanksgiving. And I just remember thinking, I wanna store all these up up for Henry so that I can tell him one day about his birth family because I wasn't sure if we would be in contact with Amanda in the future. So I know that was such a sweet time for you guys, but it wasn't long after hospital time when some concerns came up. Yeah, so we had been home 
for about six or eight weeks, uh, sort of readjusting to life with a newborn. <clears throat> and at that point, the, the adoption wasn't legally finalized, but we had, had no concerns about that. We sort of knew where we were going to be. It was just going to be a matter of time to get through that process. And so uh, uh, at that point, when we got um, a lawsuit had been filed by an outside party uh, trying to take custody of Henry. And um, we, uh, excuse me, um, we, at, at that point, it, it, was, it was just a shock. We, we, we did not expect that to happen. So we, we did the only thing we could do, which was trying to make the best decisions to protect Henry and protect Amanda's decision and what, what we thought um, was best for him. Uh, and and we, we just had to submit to God's plan. And, and it, it expanded our, our faith exponentially. Um, and we said, you know, if we're to be Henry's parents for six weeks, for six months, or for the rest of his life, we're, we're going to do what, what you want us to do, God. Um, it's not what we want to do. It was, it was incredibly difficult, maybe the, the hardest months of our lives, but w all we could do was, was rely on our faith and, and trust in God. And uh, we did that. We, we, we grew. Um, I think our faith grew. Our relationships with our family and friends grew. Our relationship with Amanda grew, most importantly, because we wanted to be on the same team. It was her decision. It was, it was our opportunity. We wanted to support her. And um, obviously, we, we made it through. We, we ended up on the right side of the, the legal fight after several difficult months. And, um, and, and very gratefully, Henry's still in our home two and a half years later. Um, you know, being pregnant and having to pick someone to raise your kid was one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do, but being able to say, okay, I made a mistake, you know, pray about it, like, it's like God told me, like, I knew that they were, you know, who Henry was supposed to go with, um, but adoption, like, it usually has, like, a, a bad stigma to it, but it's really nothing to be ashamed of, like, it takes a lot of courage for, you know, somebody to pick someone else to raise their baby. Um, but now I am married. I'm parenting my oldest son, my two stepsons, and I gave birth to a beautiful little girl last year. Um, it's been almost three years, and <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, it's been three years, and Lauren still checks on me. We still hang out. Um, I have an open relationship with Annie and Hudson. I get regular updates. Um, I'm very much a part of his life, and I'm just so thankful that I chose Lifeline because it's so much more than just adoption. Um, it's a family. Without God, my husband, Lauren, Lifeline, Annie, and Hudson, like I really would not have been able to do any of this. Thank you. Well, thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast. <music>